heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. My view is that the Melbourne Spring Carnival's a national institution that we all benefit from. It's not like Sydney doesn't benefit from the might of the Melbourne Spring Carnival. For more news, opinion and selections, head to rsn.net.au. Uh, it is time for Matty Stewart's news, the RSN racing editor. And Matty, it's been a great morning. We've just relocated from Flemington, which is just next door. Uh, bathe in sunshine, the track work. Uh, was it track work with the stars? Breakfast with the best? I get confused with all these different names. But what we do know is that there was certainly a cavalcade of stars there. Uh, great to catch up with Chris Waller. We'll speak to Craig Williams a little later because he rode Lestochka. It was interesting to hear Mick Price's comments with yourself and Hoss a little earlier. And uh, there's such a groundswell for this favourite Vauban in the Melbourne Cup, especially after watching his work this morning. Yeah, Mick Price uh, agreed. He's a beast. He's a big chestnut mm. beast, Vauban, and he had... Uh uh, I've got the headline already. If uh, if his stablemate wins the Melbourne Cup, that's absurd. Uh, and he, he seemed like I'm not a good reader of track work at all, but it seemed like the dominant horse was in front, and that was Vauban and the stablemate, the second stringer, trailed him along. It was a really strong gallop as well. The last 400 was about a second quicker than Lostochka. So everything about that gallop uh, would not deter anyone who's keen on Vauban. And it was the, almost the first public sighting as well. So I think he was the one who turned all the heads this morning, and I think if anything, he's probably his price is probably tw- would would probably tweak in or at least hold its place for the Melbourne Cup off the back of that. Yeah, yeah it's hard to think at this point in time he can get shorter than four dollars, but um, he certainly is the the groundswell or the most talked about horse that we have here today. Uh, before we get into, we've got a few grabs to play from track work this morning. Uh, you want to talk about this? Great bookie robbery, which is uh, a, a, a very good headline. Andrew Rule's been writing about it in the Herald Sun, and you brought this story to our attention um, yesterday. And there, there seems a lot of intrigue and questions which are going unanswered at the moment about what is occurring with this. Is it a Ponzi scheme? Is it a robbery? Um, just for those who are unaware of the backstory, fill in the listeners. Yeah, and Andrew Rule's actually going to join us uh, on the line to explain the story. He wrote the story. It splashed on the front page of the Herald Sun today and then went over page five with the headline, The Great Bookie Ripoff, uh, with a subhead of firm may have dudded many in racing and footy. And it sounds very much like uh, Dollar Bill, uh, Vlahos, uh, that situation. And it involves a law firm. It involves a uh, a deceased uh, head of that law firm and some retrospective investigations and queries into some of the activities that were going on during that time. And it might have cost a lot of racing figures and figures in sport beyond racing up to tens of millions of dollars. So that's the, that's it, the nexus of it. And Andrew Rule uh, is with us now to, uh, to explain further and whether there might even be another twist to the story. How are you, Andrew? Good, thank you, Matty. In fact, I think you might have tipped me off to the previous scandal. Uh, you. Well, you, you at least... fellow with orange skin who buys a lot of horses for too much money. <laughs> that guy you was... should look into it. John Brocklebank was the, was the guy who was sort of part of the story with Bill Vlahos for a while, but then the, the story became a bit bigger than uh, yep. John Brocklebank. How, what, well, that's a good segue. What are, the, are there any similarities between Dollar Bill um, and, and what, what you've reported about in the Herald Sun today? 
in 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 the sense that you know, a lot of people have probably lost a lot of money. Now the details are, are vague at this point, so we we have that uh, rider to add to this. Is it tens of millions? Is it more? Some people are saying it adds up to 110 million. Really? That is uh, at, at this stage unproven. However. I understand that a serious bookmaker that all you blokes know of and know, uh, a man with a head the size of Bert Newton, um, he um, has, they say, he dropped five million and several other figures around the place have dropped that sort of money, you know, in the millions each. What's, because mm. it's the price of a handy house these days. It's not, uh, you know, there'd be a lot of people around who might have uh, three, four, five up to 10 million sort of out in the market somewhere doing working for them and um and he's one of them and look, all you need is you know 20 people at 5 million you got 100 so just so explain how but this is connected to a law firm how how have people lost money in mm. investing through a well, law firm <laughs> Well, isn't that interesting? Uh, anecdote time, when I went to buy my first house many years ago, I was offered two lots of cheap money, interest-only payments. One was via a very small law firm in the Riverina, and I'm suggesting probably it was mafia money. And another one was a well-known um, Melbourne lawyer uh, uh, of uh, particular persuasion who was offering to lend money out interest only. So and law firms I, act as finance lend- brokers from time to time, do they? Uh, yes, right. they, they, they provide mortgage money to people who want to uh, borrow, perhaps people who, for whatever reason, um, need to raise extra money, whatever. And they do a mortgage situation where you borrow money to buy a house and uh, you undertake to pay, you know, um, 6% or whatever the interest is. And you borrow it from a lawyer who, who who handles other people's dough on that basis. They act as sort of like little private banks, some of them. And I think this chap, by the late John Adams, it would appear that he's done a lot of that for a long time. And it appears that when he died, <laughs> if he died, no, I think when he died recently, um, his partner, let's say, uh, looked, his partner in business, the only other partner in the firm looked into the paperwork and noticed some discrepancies, let's say. And that's when the balloon went up. So, Andrew, is it alleged that they've lost money in this um, mortgage type of of loan schemes or is it mm. money that they've um, maybe spent them well, lavishly themselves on? Six, see, uh, uh, at a wild guess, I'd say it's not a Mike Bastian situation or even Bill Vlahos situation where the money ends up um, funding a lifestyle, you know, a, a lavish lifestyle. But I think it's probably closer, in, and this is a guesstimate, to that lawyer, Philip Lineker, who uh, he, he vaporised $12 million a few years ago and got 12 years uh, jail. And what he was doing, uh, you know, he'd robbed Peter to pay Paul. That's what these schemes are. You you promise people X amount of interest and then you find you can't actually um, make it work. So you, uh, uh, to, to pay to pay Matt's interest that I promised him, I'd get some money from you that you've invested mm. and I pay Matt with it. And so on around the daisy chain. And eventually, of course, the music stops 
and it all explodes. And, and this is the uh, money out of the Victorian Bookmakers Association in, fund? In, in this case. Well, but it, it's only a fraction of the total. The Bookmakers Fund, they vow and declare they can, they, they're missing only 1.8 million, I think. Uh, but other bookies who are not in the VBA, independent bookies, some of them quite big people, and former bookies, retired bookies, they independently have put their own dough into this same uh, scheme, uh, quite apart from the VBA. So the VBAs might only be, uh, you know, 2% of the, of the total. So if... Of the total. So this, yeah. the, the lawyer... Um, yep. John, yep. Adams. John, John Adams. John who's, Adams, who's now died. Is there we any believe recourse? We can't find a death notice. Can't find a death notice for him, which is intriguing in itself. I don't know why that would be. Uh, did he take his own life? I don't know. Uh, I, I just don't know. Uh, it's these little mysteries inside the big one. Sounds like um, there's a lot to play out. Is there anything, since this story was written, is there any direction the story's now taking you? Uh, I, I've just had a, a tip off from uh, a radio. People said somebody's rung in to say it's not only bookmakers ring me. So that's from you know um, Joe Bloggs of Willis Hill or somewhere. So clearly there are ramifications for a lot of people mm. that have put money in. And I think that as the more we look, the more we'll find. This guy, he started his firm in 1966. He uh, has been a a backroom figure, but a powerful figure in sporting clubs, but particularly North Melbourne, but with big influence at Carlton and friends at Carlton, including, I think, Ian Collins. Not that that's a knock on Ian Collins. I, I, he might be a victim in this. I'm not, this is not, I'm mean, not smearing people here. No. And he was also, I mean, get this, he was, a, he was on the board of West Coast Eagles. So this guy has been a heavyweight in the football world behind the scenes for decades, and he was pr uh, certainly one of the architects of the national competition, the AFL, and he was involved in the renaissance of North Melbourne, which was a battler team that was, you know, fixed up by shadowy figures like this guy. And um, he was... Some have said to me, right or wrong, that he was a mentor to one Andrew Demetrius. Right. Sounds like he's a uh, bit of a, when he played at North. Sounds like a bit of a Kaiser Sose sort of figure. Andrew, we'll uh, keep we'll keep tabs on it. Sounds like he's mixed in the the sort of circles that he was powerful in. He's sort of the victims in inverted commas are in those loosely sort of sporting and racing circles as well. And as you I say, so. there's a, a one particular bookie that you and I know of who may have done a, a wad of cash as well. We'll keep tabs on it over over coming days and see if there's any twists and turns. I think it'll be in the tens of millions at the very least. Good on you, Andrew. Thanks for yeah. that. Um, yeah, there is one bookie I know who's uh, apparently done five million through this. I, I, it's confusing a bit to me what the connection to a law firm is. To, but as Andrew explained, maybe there's some sort of weird investment sort of schemes that they get involved in. But uh, certainly... Um, well, it's all alleged at the moment until we find yeah. out what is occurring. But the money um, is certainly missing as to what occurred, whether it's through those mortgage loans or something else. And originally it was the VBA, which was the concern, and that was the racing tip-off. If there's only $1.8 million which they've lost, which is obviously substantial, but individuals, as you say, may have lost up to $5 million, it's going to be a story that continues to grow.
Yeah, and it's not wouldn't be horse racing without uh, without a headline like Great Bookie Robbery Ponzi, etc. So these do pop every now and then, pop up every now and then. Hey, as you say, it was a really good morning at Trackwork this morning. Um, there were some really interesting grabs and some interesting conversations uh, had with uh, a lot of the guests this morning. Uh, um, what was your what we've spoken about, Vorban? I haven't seen his latest Melbourne Cup price, but the back page of the Herald Sun today was about. Uh, it was almost a, the, the the elephant in the room conversation, hasn't it been about? Is she out of form? Isn't she out of form? And this is Jamie Carr, Michelle Payne in the paper was saying, look. She'll ride her way through it. She's, you know, this is these things happen. She's just got to get on the right cattle. I'd put her on. There's no issue there. We had a chat to Mick Price about it at Trackwork this morning, and and Mick was was upfront and honest about if there's a slump and if she sought him out to have a chat, he'd love to have that chat. But also about uh, the nature of loyalty in racing and how she's probably finding herself on the wrong side of it at the moment. And this is Mick Price about the Jamie Carr situation. And to answer the question, I, I would have to sit down with her. You know, I know her quite well, none of my business. Yep. And, uh, but if she wanted to sit down and have a proper chat about it, I would. Uh, as I said, she doesn't need me sticking my nose in. Yep. Um, and I'm not sure of the situation, but, um, you know, uh, I suppose... I suppose you have to sort of drill down into it a bit to answer the question. The problem is your owners. Mm. You know, I've had owners absolutely loyal to jockeys. And why are they loyal? Because the jockey's in form. They're not loyal because they're loyal. They're loyal to form. And then when the form goes off, they're not loyal. But that is sport, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he's 100% right. If you're a footballer and you're out of form, you get dropped from the team. So... Owners are the ones that paid the bills, and Ollie's going to be in uh, to have a chat. We can put this to him very soon. We've got Craig Williams about to have a chat to us, and they've both been on the receiving end of getting taken off horses if they're not in form. Craig Williams can speak very recently about that, so <laughs> it's not unusual. I texted Willow during that Giga Kick thing and said, you know what, why don't you dump them before they dump you? <laughs> Be the first jockey to dump an owner. Uh, Willow is actually on the line. Uh, and this is an interesting conversation, possibly not an easy one to, to navigate. How are you, Willow? Morning, Matt. Yeah, jockeys in and out of form is a, a constant discussion, but quite often it's your, your form is dependent on the form of the horses that are underneath you. Uh, that, that's quite accurate. I, I actually, I think it's that simple. It's actually the results. So... I can slaughter a horse, not, sorry, not give it every possible chance or a good ride and still win the race and people are happy. If you ride a horse well and it gets held up a little bit and maybe it could have finished half a length closer, sometimes the emotion, um, the reaction and the emotion that comes out straight away is, um, yeah, that's our industry. It's, um, I'm pretty sure everyone would like to have some things again. Jockeys can't get the ride again. It's, it's important to keep things into perspective. It's like a football player when he goes to kick a goal and he misses it. Well, he was trying. He just, it just it didn't, didn't land on his boot the right way or the wind or whatever it is. It's just, it's, it, is, it is sport. It is a part of it. Um, but usually you'll find the, the best jockeys, the best sports people are the most critical of themselves. And, and we, we demand perfection from ourselves. And when we don't get it, if the owners aren't winning... That jockey who rode the horse isn't winning either. So we're all feeling the same as what they are doing. But it is a very, very emotional, reactive industry. It's unfortunate, um, but most people react like that. And um, but when you when you have people that don't and they handle disappointments well, I'll tell you what it is. 
it, it feels uh, yeah, it feels nice, but very um, uncommon. I have no idea if Jamie Carr's out of form or not. All I know is that the results aren't coming, but I don't think she's getting the rides. And it's it's like Mick Price said this morning, it's like the chicken and the egg. But but if, and not just specifically Jamie Carr, but does it hurt? Can it can it affect the mindset, Craig, for, for the average jockey? I mean, in your experience, if you're, um, if you're seen to be, I mean, Hayes dumped you pub, very publicly about 15 years ago. Did that hurt? Is it hard to come back from? Does it make you more resolved? Or can you sort of look yourself in the mirror and question yourself? How, how, what sort of reactions can it, can it bring on? I, th- I think it's an individual basis about what, what happens. See, disappointment actually spurs me on and gets me angry to use that as energy to, to not, not so much prove a point, but it actually motivates me to, to do better, better results. But I guess I guess it's um, you know I can only speak from my experience. So we we use the words character building. There's a lot of things that happen that shouldn't be what we refer to or categorize categorize as as um, you know as building character. Things shouldn't happen and things do happen. But but it does shape you as a person as a professional. But you know if you go back to Jamie Carr, you're right. Are we saying she's not out of she's out of form because she's not riding five winners every meeting? Like her 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 last two years had been at such a high strike rate. It's very hard for any sports person. Someone said to me, um, they said, "Oh, look, uh, Buddy Franklin kicks all the goals and everything. Do you know if he lines up ten times, do you know how many kicks?" And they said he kicks percentage wise six. And I went, "Oh, I just thought he got, gets them all." So, so it, it is a, it is an it is a bit of a, an illusion and an expectation, and depending on the horse and and the circumstances, sometimes it's unreal unrealistic expectation. But you know, we, we we find that sometimes you know things just happen. Like you say, you're seeing them like they're pine they're watermelons, and you know you see the batsman in the cricket, and all of a sudden they're just getting everything and. You know, it, and it, it, that's just sport. That's just life in general. But you find uh, you seem to be the most professional, the ones that work the hardest. They get themselves. They are the luckiest because they put themselves in those positions. But you know, I, I like to determine people over a long period of time, and that that shows you the standard of professional and success that they have over a long period of time. You've obviously got Damien Oliver in the studio. Well, you know, he he's. He, he is the pinnacle for, for riders in Australia and, and, and he's that good, at, you know, uh, standing around the world. So he's in a much better person to, to be able to explain that to. And also, because his career's ending, then, you, 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 you know, he's, he's retiring. You'll find that he, he could be even a lot more open about his circumstances compared to people that think that we need to protect some certain things rather than sharing some of that informational feelings or whatever it is. I'm lucky. I've got a great family and and team around me. And why I thank them all the time is because when I'm having a bad day, they deal with it and help me be better for the next time. But, you know, the last under two years has given me a greater perspective in life mm. and real and, and I can handle disappointments as much as I don't like losing and I don't like getting things wrong because I've pride myself on it, but I tell you what, I've, I've, my eyes have been opened up and, and it's really helped me move on and go, you know what, <laughs> life's not that bad. All you did was you didn't win that race or, or that happened and things like that. So it, it, my circumstances 
um, has really changed recently and it's made me understand to be a better person. Um, which will make me a better professional jockey out of it too, I believe. That's really interesting to say that, Craig. So you think because of externally what's been going on and, and the great work you've been doing uh, with that war in, in Ukraine and what your wife has been doing, um, at the end of the day, it, it may have helped you clear your head from a lot of the the small things that occur in racing and could ultimately mean that you're a, a more clearer, better jockey. I, 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 I agree with that. And the other thing is, you know, don't take anything away from how dangerous... You know, one of our colleagues, he went to work earlier this year and he didn't come home. Mm. Like, so, you know, good day, bad day, as long as we've got days. Like, and, you know, um, I was like everyone else on Saturday. I was like, oh, I was gutted that, you know, and I and I even thought I got the photo, so great great plug for Specsavers, but I thought I got the photo. <laughs> but, but the Hayes boys who trained the horse, their team behind them, they prepared that horse. They knew he was ready for that day. Uh, we drew the right barrier. We said the, the objective was to just to guard the, the fence the whole way, whatever happened. Um, he performed at his best and tried. But guess what? We just didn't win the photo. And in the end of that sport, it means a lot. You know, like I was looking forward to that car following me, not disappearing mm. down the track. And hearing those words of, you know, uh, of the killers, Mr. Brightside, and seeing, you know, the adulation, my family, you know, everyone there. But it wasn't to be. I got beaten in a horse race. We got beaten in a photo. So luckily the horse has pulled up well, and we'll see his great performance again come Champions Day in two weeks on Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, interesting. Oh, <laughs> you, and you, I'm riding in too, which is even better. Lostochka uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds you almost Ukrainian. It's got that ring to it, but it's a, obviously not a Ukrainian horse, but you're riding it in the Melbourne Cup, and we heard from – actually, let's play a grab from Mick Price this morning and set the scene for a chat with you. This is this is Lostochka, according to Mick Price this morning, about what she's going to bring to the table in the Melbourne Cup? She stays. She's won over 3,100. Surely another 100 metres is not a lot to ask. Yeah. She's got 51 kilos. She's beautifully sound. We have the heart rate monitor on her every day. Heart rate goes to 212 beats per minute and then uh, by the time she pulls up and comes back in a minute or so, bang, it's nearly back down to normal. It, she has an amazing recovery because I think she's right, she's happy, we haven't changed anything, uh, feet good, sound, she's no wear and tear on her. But, you know, just training-wise, uh, beautiful. He'll be up there, he's got a big long stride on It's very relaxed, it's a beautiful tempered mare, 51 kilos, not going to be messing around with her. What feel does she give you, um, Willow? Do, uh, Craig, is she the, the feel or the type of horse that you think can be in the finish of a Melbourne Cup? Yes, for sure. If she's... <laughs> there's the question. If she's good enough, she'll be there on Tuesday. I have no doubt. She is... She, when you when I went to see her, she's... Um, the saddle's nearly bigger than her. She's very, very small. But as when you're on her back and you ride her, wow, she covers the ground really well. Mick and uh, Michael Kent... Uh, junior has got she is so happy she is really healthy she's very fit she ticks all those boxes is her form um and also um her best form is on uh rain affected ground so whether we get that or not i don't know um but if it if it does go that way it doesn't it actually enhances her chances on her form the way she moved this morning a firm the a, a, a fair safe track will will be no problem for her 
I don't know if she's good enough. I worked her on her own. She's pretty lost on her own, and she only did what I asked her to. But she's a very healthy, happy horse, and we we like when she gets competitive. Looking at her replays, um, you know that she's she's a racehorse as well. But I, I couldn't fault her this morning in regards to everything that that Mick just spoke about. Then she is she is healthy. She's she's happy, but she is she is a dot of a horse. She is so mm. small, but um, but uh, and then she does make her own luck, which you know without getting ahead of myself, but looking at the, the potential makeup of this year's Melbourne Cup, it, it looks, um, you know, it gives me a lot of options as a rider. Did you get to see Vauban out there while you were uh, on Latosh- Latoshka? Yeah, I looked up and saw Vauban because he's a lot bigger than my horse, but <laughs> we, they went out together and um, and then he, he worked, but he, he looks fabulous. Even the stable mate who I know is a quirky horse because I think Frankie had to, no, I don't think, Frankie had to walk him to the start in the e-ball when he won, but they look they look very well too. Like there's, You couldn't fault them on looks either, So, um, but you'd have to speak to their stable. But in regards to my girl that I rode, yeah, I I was really happy, but uh, you've got, you're pretty good with the pronunciation, Matt. Um, it's a bit softer though, You've got and it's a Russian name. A Russian word, and it means um, swallow, the bird swallow. And if you say it soft enough and kind enough, it's like an endearing word like sweetheart and honey and things oh, like well, that. Well, Shona so. Dressler insisted this morning that it's Lostotchka, that it has to be said with a bit of uh, a bit of vodka under the belt. How, how like, would you say it? Uh, I call her many things if she wins in seven days, so there'll be a lot of names. But the, I've got Lacey beside me, so maybe Lacey's oh, Lace Lace my tell driver us. this morning. So come on, Lacey. Oh, oh my God, Lace, can, that is gorgeous. Can you say that one more? Oh, that's going to play that as an audio. Say game. that one more time. We're going to record that. We can have hey, that. On. Just five, she's got, she's four, three. Laughing. Just the same way you did last time, Lace. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh my God, that is just brilliant. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm there. <laughs> There's no vodka in the voice, is there? Well, I hope not. She's driving me around, so let's hope not. Craig, uh, awesome to have your time. Uh, Damien Oliver's just wandered in the studio as well. Uh, how much are you going to miss Ollie in the uh, in the jockey's room when he uh, hangs up the saddle uh, after the next few weeks? Not much. It'd be good to have him out of the way, I think. <laughs> Well, if, it's, if it means to miss him, means that we have to be at our best every time he's in the jockey's room, wherever we are, whatever day of the week it is, then I will be missing him. But not having him as a, as a rival, I'll be very happy and relieved. Hey, you're only a couple of years younger. We're going to start asking you the big R question soon. Don't worry about that. Yeah, well, that's okay. Um, 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 yeah, anyway. Um, and um, look, Frankie Dottori, Damien Oliver... As the profession that they have and been at the top like they have their whole life, their whole career, I think it's amazing uh, achievement that they get to choose when they retire rather than being forced or injured. And, and I think it's fantastic. And, you know, I hope that they can really look back on their career and, you know, they, they see it differently than what we do. But that they have been the role models for us to, to inspire to be, you know, to be, to be on the same track, let alone try and, you know, be competitive with. So... You are the ultimate competitors. Have you had any run-ins in the jockey's room, Ollie? As we say good morning to you. We're well, no, great to see no, you of here. Not. No, no, we're good rivals. Willow and I, yeah, no problems at all. Do you ever say to him he when has... he's talking, because he's a bit of a long talk, do you ever say, mate, just get to the point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, at times I do try and avoid on eye contact to try and uh, um, avoid that long conversation with Willow. Um, but uh, as he said, you know, we've got some great competitors in the jockey's room and help to bring out the best in all of us. There you go. Hey, good on you, Willow. Just, Thanks, he's, Laisha. He's just, happy. He's, just, he's just happy I'm not on the Red Bull anymore because he recognised <laughs> oh, the eye contact was just the indication that wouldn't, I wouldn't stop. So lucky I'm off the Red Bull. So. 
Uh, Willow, great to get your time uh, as always. Best of luck over Cup Week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.